You're listening to a classic business podcast as heard on Classic 1027. 1027. Well, lots has been made today about the release of Stats South Africa's quarterly labour force survey, which was delayed twice due to the challenges around collecting the data because of the hard lockdown. And it shows that the South African economy shed a staggering 2.2 million jobs in the second quarter of this year compared to Q1. Most jobs lost in the formal sector, 1.2 million, with the uh, community and personal services, finance and construction sectors seeing the biggest drop in formal employment. The unemployment rate, though, officially is 23.3%, but there's a big definitional issue and caveat. It is actually closer to 42% if you consider the expanded definition. The reason why the unemployment rate is low is due to the drop in job seekers due to the lockdown. And obviously there are other important caveats as well. This is the first uh, quarterly labour force survey administered by phone and in a pandemic. Kevin Ling's chief economist at Stanlib, lies, lies and damn statistics. Um, Perhaps you can just explain uh, for the layperson, why did the unemployment rate fall while 2.2 million people lost their jobs in uh, the second quarter. Hi, Mike. Yeah, that's, I would say, the critical anomaly with this, uh, where you have a massive increase in the number of, uh, or a decrease in the number of people employed, and you would expect, obviously, the unemployment rate to to shoot up. And going into this number, we did think that the unemployment rate would go up from about 30% to... Uh, an estimate in our minds of about 33%. So the fact that it came down to 23% uh, suggests a massive anomaly. And and the reason is that you are classifying a huge number of people, a lot more people, as being not economically active. And once you do that, they are then not included in the calculation of how many people are unemployed. And the reason why you're including all of these people in this category called not economically active is they are no longer regarded as being unemployed. So prior to this, you would have had a person regarded as being unemployed. But now when you do the survey during lockdown, where the person is essentially confined to their house, they they can't actively seek employment, they're not actively looking or interviewing or anything like that then they are regarded as not actively, not economically active. And so they fall out of the calculation. And that was a massive increase of uh, basically 2.8 million. So the number of people unemployed fell by 2.8 million. And the net result of all of that is your unemployment rate falls. It's really more of a statistical aberration than an indication of any underlying trend. And I certainly would literally completely ignore it. It will reverse quite quickly when we do the surveys under so-called normal economic conditions where you don't have that extreme of a lockdown. Um, So it's going to move out of the data fairly quickly. But in the short term, it does lead to a lot of, and I think will lead to a lot of uh, scratching of heads as to how this potentially could come about. I worry, and I understand exactly um, why this has happened uh, from what you've explained. I do worry, though, about the good or the value that it serves in uh, the broader public uh, debate and square. I can just see uh, uh, an MP latching on to this number of uh, 23% to say, look, government lockdowns work. 
uh, not fully <laughs> understanding what's going on here. So <laughs> there is a concern with that, uh, Kevin. Um, I know Stats SA was at pains, though, to articulate this at, uh, at the press conference. What value did you derive from the survey? Which of the, the areas of the survey stood out for you, considering what you've just said and the fact that it's not compatible with any other historical period? That's right. So from my perspective, I would literally completely ignore the unemployment rate, and that's unfortunate because this is our primary source to determine what the unemployment rate is in South Africa, and that's the main function of the statistical report, is to conclude what is South Africa's official unemployment rate. So unfortunately, from that perspective, it's entirely unhelpful, and I would literally dismiss it and not really refer to it because I don't think it provides any insight it all, all it does, it just creates confusion. What is perhaps valuable with the, the survey is the identification of how many people lost their jobs. And going into this, what we were saying that over a period of a year, we think 1.7 million people in total will lose their jobs. That was from, in our minds, the end of the first quarter of this year to the end of the first quarter next year, 1.7 million. Now, yeah. clearly, more people than that will lose their job in the shorter term, but I can imagine that already a significant number of people of the 2.2 million that lost their jobs in the second quarter, many of those have been reemployed as businesses reopen up and uh, you get activity picking up again. But I would still stick with the overall estimate that over a period of a year, we probably could lose around the 1.7 million. So I think the data on how many people are employed is helpful. The breakdown between formal sector and informal sector, that both sectors lost significant jobs, I think that is helpful. Um, but in terms of the, the statistical anomalies around the classification of a person as being not economically active, I don't think that helps. So if you want a better assessment of what the unemployment rate is, then I would refer to the expanded definition. And the expanded definition becomes useful because then it does away with that not economically active component of the calculation. And then you end up with an unemployment rate of 42%. And I think that that uh, is probably more reflective of what's really going on. And so if you really want the unemployment rate, that is perhaps a better measure. Yeah, you've uh, just got to talk to any South African, your neighbour, your colleague, uh, go to a business uh, to figure out what the real situation on the ground is. And if you look at it, it's um, uh, one in seven jobs uh, has been lost. And that split, if you, if you break it down by sector, one in 10 in the formal sector, one in five in the informal sector, one in four domestic workers. I think that underscores once again that um, the first and the hardest casualties of lockdown were the less job secure, the lower income, the more vulnerable workers. And it's important to note that because many cited uh, the lockdown as uh, a measure that is going to impact the, the very vulnerable in society. And anyone who called for an earlier end to the lockdown was cited as, well, stark raving mad and right wing and just cared about profits. And here we have data that shows that it's not that narrative at all. It's, uh, it's really to say that uh, one is uh, mindful of the plight of the less job secure. 100%. The data shows that in, uh, very, very clearly. Uh, also, if you drill down into the data to those people who continue to receive income, 
through the lockdown, they were definitely at the higher inc- at the higher end of the income spectrum. So the lockdown was much more penal to uh, lower income earners. Uh, the informal sector certainly got hurt, and I would not be surprised if that data doesn't fully capture the impact on the informal sector. Domestic workers incredibly vulnerable. Therefore, I think the government was right in trying to up the level of social payments during this phase. It also raises the question about whether government can remove those social payments if the economy doesn't respond uh, emphatically and there's no evidence that it has then a lot of people are going to remain vulnerable and that vulnerability will increase if government removes those payments. Of course, that leaves government in, a, in themselves a difficult position because they need to effect fiscal discipline. So a tough decision ahead for the Minister of Finance. But your basic uh, premise, 100%, I would agree with it. This hurt the more vulnerable elements of society and therefore ending the lockdown as quickly as possible would automatically provide those that group of people with some relief, although not full relief. It, it also leaves the big debate around a universal basic income uh, very much still on the table and on, on the centre of the table when you look at measures uh, and, and means to support those uh, vulnerable workers. Uh, I, I know it's a question of how we fund it, uh, and you, you did mention earlier that it'll be very interesting to see how, um, if at all, government can remove the 350 rand stipend that uh, it put on the table. Uh, do you think the universal basic income uh, as a policy tool now just becomes uh, that much more hotly debated and contested on the back of this number? Absolutely. I was going to highlight that because I think when this all washes out of the data, we're going to end up with a residual much higher unemployment rate than we were, and the number was already exceedingly high, and that is going to highlight that we have a social crisis that is systematically gaining momentum, and therefore uh, government's going to be under pressure to respond to that. Uh, on top of that, what you want to see, though, is, is, is a much bigger effort by government to recognize how to create jobs in the first place and how to start to grow the economy and what makes sensible policy, etc. And I think we've seen some positive moves in that direction, but I would uh, suggest that this environment should, should make that incredibly urgent because it's not a sustainable position. You can't, with a, with a tax base that is under pressure, continue to pay ever higher social payments to more and more people. It's just unsustainable. So I think this should also send a message to government about the urgency of implementing more effective uh, investment policies. Kevin Lings, Chief Economist uh, at Standard, thank you very much for your time uh, talking about that statistical anomaly of the second quarter decline in the official unemployment rate. Scrap that. Uh, rather have a look at South Africa's expanded jobless rate. That at 42%, I think, tells you all you need to know.